Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast, presented by Dead Soxie, hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady, and featuring RebelGrove.com and Rivals.com recruiting analyst Russell Johnson. Awesome! The Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Caution, you are about to enter the no-spin zone. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail, and it does it in style. Just like Dead Soxy. I'm better looking than you. Visit DeadSoxy.com and enter Rebel Grove at checkout for 25% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now here's your host, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. My name is Neil McCrady. I will be the host of this uh, extravaganza today. Zach Barry is with me again, and he will be with us uh, all the time from here on out. That's the plan, at least. So uh, we'll get to Zach in just a minute. First, a lot of recruiting to get to. We're going to get to that as well. But first, let me tell you about Dead Soxy because, well, quite frankly, they make this podcast possible. Hot weather is here. I just got through running. Uh, Zach and I, in our uh, very thorough pre-show conversation, talked about the weather. He is uh, in Nashville. I'm in Oxford. It is hot in both places. And so it's here, and with it comes the inevitable debate of sock or no sock with your loafers. So save your feet and your shoes from making their own impression. Step into summer and the heat with some no-shows from Dead Soxy today. You will not regret it. It's been a, a game-changer for me. I've talked about it. I cannot wear loafers by themselves. They just drive me crazy. I don't like the way it feels. My feet get hot. Uh, I start thinking about it. It drives me nuts. And so I've never done it. And so now Dead Soxy has let it be possible because I can put on the no-shows. My feet are comfortable. I can wear a loafer. I look stylish. And yet I am comfortable at the same time. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. So go to deadsoxy.com, enter the code REBELGROVE at checkout to receive 30% off all orders, including sale items, including the no-shows. The no-shows are the same quality you already love and enjoy with their traditional dress sock, and they come with a no-slip guarantee. I've worn them. They don't slip. Go to deadsoxy.com, check out the no-show collection, and remember to enter promo code REBELGROVE at checkout for 30% off all orders. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. The phone number is 662-257-1900. Call that number. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford you are looking for. And within 15 minutes, he's going to send you a quote. It's going to be that easy. Right to the bottom line. No hassle. No haggle. You get your quote. And the rest is up to you. You uh, can shop that quote around. can be a starting point for you moving forward. Or you can go ahead and save yourself all the trouble and do what I've done three times now, and that's get into a Clark Ford. You'll love it. It's a great product, uh, great service after the sale. Uh, Corey wants to be your truck guy. He wants to be your car guy. He will prove it to you. Uh, all you have to do is call the number. Find out what I mean. Call the number. And at the end of your deal, tell Corey that you heard about Clark Ford on this podcast or any of our family of podcasts, and you will save $500 off your bottom line. Zach, how are you? Doing well, Neil. How are you? Um, I am good. It is uh, for people who wonder like how this stuff works, because sometimes people want you know the inside baseball stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's 631 on a Wednesday evening, as we hit the record button, this will be available on Thursday. It'll be the first time you hear it. I think we're safe from the barrage of commitments. I don't think one will break between now and the time that people hear this on Thursday. Uh, but I've already been wrong once this week, so who knows? Um, there's, but yeah, it's been a um, it's been a full day. I'm I'm a little uh, I'm a little drained at this point, but but uh, you're. You're a recruiting star. You, uh, you're also a, a podcast star. So you're, you're going to be the one that guides us through this podcast and, and makes, it, makes it listenable. Yeah, the pressure is, is on you today. This is, I think, podcast number five for me today. And, okay. Uh, so, you know, um, if, I, if I just start talking about random things, and, and I'm already uh, working on the email to my son who is at, uh, he's at camp. He gets his emails today. Uh, it, Carson's. Parting words for me as I, as I left him at camp were not 
dad, I love you. I'm going to miss you or anything like that. It's dad, let me know what's going on in the NBA. <laughs> and so he doesn't have he doesn't have a burner phone at camp. He does not have a burner phone at camp, and so okay. he, he is. Uh, I've got to send him a summary of of the of the discussed trade that's being discussed in, with his favorite team, the Thunder, about uh, possibly Stephen Adams going to Boston and possibly Gordon Hayward ending up in in uh, Oklahoma City. And ooh, I I feel sorry for. Uh, I feel sorry for Carson's cabin mates if, if when he reads this because he's going to want to discuss it with all of them, and I'm sure that that entire <laughs> that entire group of kids has absolutely no idea who either Stephen Adams or Ga- Gordon Hayward are. Um, all right, so you got to you got to remember you got to 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 throw in that Marcus All exercises option to be staying in uh, the Ron for no, one more year. I, I absolutely uh, have have made a note of the things that I must include and that's on it because he will uh, he will be interested in the in the Raptors. Um he he was kind of became a Bucks fan this year a little bit, you know, because he's a kid and you can jump on bandwagons and he likes Giannis and Giannis is easy to like and we went and watched the Bucks mm-hmm. in in uh, in Memphis. So uh he kept up with the Raptors and he worried throughout the season that that the Raptors were going to be too much for the Bucks. And so um Turned out that he was prophetic. Smart, smart kid. Yeah. Smart. So, so Neil, if you want me to steer this show, I, my first order of business is going to just completely derail it with okay. some random trivia, real quick. All right, let's go for it. I love trivia. So, friend of mine, um, went to trivia the other night. Um, shout out to uh, Michael Jennings. Just uh, finished his residency, so good on him. Uh, he sent me a couple. Um, this one, the first one, you might have already heard. Um, so, who was the only college program this year to have a first round draft pick? in NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA? Ooh. Uh, First-round draft pick in NBA and uh, NFL. And MLB. And MLB. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a great question. For So, admittedly, I thought about it really hard, and G- then it a, was g- all a, of a sudden it just came to me. Give me a is there any way to give me a hint? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of one without being too obvious. Well, uh, you know, it was it was something that was earned, not given. Okay, if that helps. Okay, I don't know if that helps. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not Murray State. Uh, let's see. It's not uh, Murray State. <laughs> oh, that. Well, you're. It, for for podcast purposes, I'll I'll go ahead and push you here a little bit. You're really close with that guess. Kentucky. There you go. How about that? So Josh Allen. Yeah. Then Zach Zach Thompson in baseball, and then all the kids, you know, Tyler Hero and all those guys. Yeah, the the the, the, the entire roster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right, I got two more real quick. Okay. So name the year. David Cohn threw a perfect game. Kurt Warner won the MVP. And the Spurs won an NBA championship. Ooh, David Cohn. 89? So, really close with one number. It was 99. Oh, wow. I'm way, so f- way off. So, for me, the Kurt Warner MVP gave it away because of my uh, sheer disappointment in that Super Bowl. You know what's funny is, and this is crazy, but I've done this for a long time. I, now that they're both of their careers are over, for whatever reason, I confuse David Cohn with Brett Saberhagen. Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? In my mind, I picture Saberhagen's career, and so I forget that Cohn pitched <laughs> after that. All right, so last one. I'll give you two names to kind of help narrow it down so we can get going. Who is the active leader in Grand Slams? Miguel Cabrera or Albert Pujols? Ooh. Uh, I'll, I'll guess Miggy, but they both hit a bunch. It's Albert. And I don't know the number, but that's a tough one because they both hit a lot, like you said. Yeah. Well, they're both um, both Hall of Fame players. I, yeah, for I sure. Saw, I saw Pujols play in uh, Anaheim last summer. And uh, he hit two home runs the game that, that we went to. It was, we went to a game because Carson wanted to see Shohei Otani, and it was Shohei Otani bobblehead night, and we were in L.A. And so we took a cab from uh, Hollywood Boulevard to Anaheim. took about two and a half hours. 
And uh, it was actually an Uber, not, not a cab. The Uber back was 40 minutes. It wasn't bad at all. We were staying in Santa Monica. and um, Terrible place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really, really rough. And um, anyway, um, we did not see Shohei Otani play, nor did you see him in the dugout on his, uh, on his night. But we did see uh, Mike Trout get a few hits, and we saw Pujols hit a couple of home runs and, yeah. uh, you know, that kind of thing. And then over the weekend, of course, I don't know if you know this, but the Cardinals are the only fan base that respect former players. And they, That's right. They really, best, best fans in baseball. Yeah, best fans in baseball. They, they really honored <laughs> uh, Pujols. It was very emotional. Okay, I, I will say last thing the the clue I gave you earlier the earn not given. Do you know what that's from? That's their uh, that's their expression last year, right? That was their motto. <laughs> it, it could have been. Um, so it's actually Brad Calipari has that tattooed across his chest. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. God, he's because he because he earned dude. his scholarship, right? Yeah, he it wasn't given to him <laughs> because of his dad. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's uh, before people get mad at us, let's talk some recruiting. I want to get your thoughts because I do a podcast every day, as you know, um, and we talked a lot about Robbie Ashford, the quarterback from Hoover, who committed to Ole Miss on Monday. Officially, he actually committed to Ole Miss on Friday. But uh, regardless, he made it official on Monday, which is certainly his prerogative. Let the kid have his moment and all that stuff. Um, your thoughts on Ashford and also your thoughts on maybe how significant a commitment that is for Ole Miss. So you're a writer, and I'm somewhat of a writer. So do you ever write an article, feel really good about it, and then after it's live, published, whatever, you you think about something, and you're like, man, I'm I'm I cannot believe I forgot to mention that. Um, and and you guys helped me out on the uh, Oxford Exxon podcast, which is on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, all of your podcast needs, YouTube now too. Um, when you mentioned the significance of beating out Dan Mullen for his services, and that was something that. When I heard that, I could not believe that I made that parallel because that is something that is, I mean, the guy is perfectly built for his offense. And, you know, they beat out Auburn, beat out Florida. Georgia was an early factor. Um, So, I mean, I think that this is, I I said it on the message board. I said this is probably the biggest domino, and I'll I'll expound on that. I, I just think that getting a blue chip elite, impact, whatever you want to call it, quarterback into a, a, a commitment class. I'm not going to call it a signing class yet, but I don't think we have to worry about about Robbie. Um, I just think that that is so big because I always tend to think that quarterbacks have longer coattails than other positions. I think they're natural leaders. Obviously, they, they lead the offense. Um, I, I just think that it's something that's going to really help Ole Miss in this 2020 class to have a guy like that. They got, um, you know, two really good four-star quarterbacks last year, the Kincaid Dent kid, um, you know, three-star, whatever, kind of a project. But this is something that you have to do in every class. And it's, you know, people worry about numbers and worry about, you know, competition. People are going to transfer. I mean, that's just part of the, I mean, it's a a business. I mean, it's part of the, you know, all jokes aside, it's a business. So, um, man, he's he's a special talent. He is, um, and I know Chase talked about it a little bit. I, I don't think, Major League Baseball will be too much of a thorn in the side as much as Jerry Neely was early on. Um, I, I know he had a labrum injury as a sophomore, and I think some scouts were kind of cooling on him a little bit to see how he plays as a senior. But another thing, um, the guys barely even played a full season. He, he kind of took took over the starting role at Hoover kind of midway through the season, if I believe, last year. And then into the playoffs, they lost a really tight game to uh, Thompson, and um, I, I know that this is going to be kind of a big year. Um, for those of you that are on Twitter, his little Twitter banner photo is the final score from that semifinal game. So um, I think he's going to be hungry. He's going to really try to push to uh, maybe try to elevate himself into that five-star status. Uh, maybe he doesn't get it. It doesn't really matter. But 6'3", 205, runs extremely well. I've talked about how he's jumbo Russell Wilson. I mean, the the mannerisms, the the running style, everything reminds me of, of Russell a lot. But just a humongous get, um, you know, a, a four-star guy. You, you can't have too many of them. But I just think that he's a tremendous talent and, and somebody that, that Rich Rod is really going to like when he gets on campus and, you know, probably going to push for some early playing time. And that's not me saying – He's going to take Matt Corral's spot, but I think they'll use him in, in, in some spurts a lot. 
just because of his skill set. Oh, I, I think if he lives up to his upside, his upside's considerable. That, that's the part of this that was interesting to me. And, you know, I got to be careful kind of how I do this because obviously I talk to different people. And, and Ole Miss had two quarterbacks wanting to commit to them. Uh, Robbie Ashford and Blake Shapin. And when you look at them today, like right now, today, and say which one's the better quarterback right now, today, you had to play a game right now, and that's your quarterback. It's really close. I mean, really close. You could make a very compelling argument for Shapin and for Ashford easily. I mean, it would be if it were an election, it would be Bush Gore. You know what I mean? I mean, it would the, the, the <laughs> thing would the thing would go to a recount. And, and coincidentally enough, both are two sport guys. Yeah, and they're both very similar guys, and and uh, they both wanted to get the process done before their senior seasons, and they they wanted to uh, they want to play baseball and all that stuff. And the truth is, Ole Miss could have gotten either one of them and liked them both. Here's the thing. Ole Miss has a room full of young quarterbacks. You have one redshirt freshman who's played eh, one meaningful game, being honest. And you have three true freshmen who haven't played a single snap, obviously. So the room's really young. And it allows you to gamble on the kid with the higher upside. Shapin's a perfectly good quarterback. He's steady he's he's got some tools he's a smart kid leader all those things everything you want in a quarterback arizona state got a good one and don't be surprised if he ends up having a really good career over there but i think old miss looked at it and said which one of these guys has the potential to have the huge upside and it's an easy answer it's ashford because when you talk to college coaches and the college coach that told me this is not on the old miss staff it's a different coach on a different staff who evaluated this kid the upside comparison and, and man i'm scared I, I, even though i've already done it i'm i'm Uh-oh. I'm, I'm putting all these <laughs> it's if he reaches his potential maybe he will maybe he won't we'll find out not all kids do obviously some do some don't and he's got some things he's got to work on i mean physically uh experience maturity uh, a lot of stuff like any other uh 17 year old kid i mean if you've i live with an 18 year old and a 16 year old there are there are maturity issues that that those kids have to deal with and 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 it happens in different speeds and, and different kids and stuff like that but if he reaches his upside his upside was given to me was cam newton it's not bad and you know that's one hell of an upside I mean, Cam Newton yeah. won a Heisman Trophy. He was the first pick in a draft. He's an NFL quarterback. You know, I'm not predicting. Best best player I've ever seen live in my life in college. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's my – I don't pick. know. Who, who would you say? Uh, he'd be in the very short mix. Um, it would be him, um, Manziel. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I saw Carnell Williams dominate a couple of games to a place where I was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he's he's way up there. I mean, yeah, I mean, Cam, yeah, probably, I'd probably say Cam. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be that, but that's his upside, and because they have some depth in that room, they could go that route. I mean, I think they're – in an ideal world, you get in an ideal world, you sign them both, and and yeah. and you let it sort itself out. But kids are smarter than that now. They they weren't you know Shapin wasn't going to come to Ole Miss if if Ashford did, and I don't blame yeah. him. I don't blame him. I mean, he liked Arizona State. He's got a a relationship out there, and 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 you know I, I think he'll do well. So it makes sense. But that's the kid that 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 Ole Miss wanted. What do you think it says about Ole Miss or just Ashford in general here? You know, a lot was made about Auburn signed Bo Nix and, and Joey Gatewood. Sure. And everybody said, well, you know, that had a lot to do with it. You know, he wants to go to Ole Miss because um, he wants to play. Well, you know, I mentioned 
John Rice Plumley and Grant Tisdale as two other pretty highly rated quarterbacks. I mean, do you do you think that has anything to do with with those guys in general? Or do you think it was more of a, a Rich Rod fit and he just liked Ole Miss better? I think it was a number of things. I mean, look, he's an Alabama kid. Uh, high school football over there is pretty good. They've had a, a really good run of quarterbacks. He's seen Nick's play. Um, I'm sure he he knows about Gatewood. Um, he he hasn't seen, you know, Plumley or or uh, Tisdale or or uh, Kincaid Dent, and, and and I don't know what he was told. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of sales pitches in recruiting, but maybe he looks at it and says, "I can beat those guys out." And then I know that he, I know that he liked the Ole Miss campus when he got here. He he liked the coaches. He likes the idea of playing for Rodriguez. And maybe he just said, "Hey, I, uh, you know, it, it's the right fit. It's the right feel." And I mean, I say this all the time because I've got kids that are that age. I mean, Campbell was on the Arkansas campus for ten minutes, and I knew, "Uh oh, this she likes this." You know, I think he took the visit on uh, Friday, and I think he came with the intention of committing. And then the, the visit was even better than he thought it would be, and and he he really liked it, and. Once you start developing some heartstrings, it goes from there. Yeah, you know, and they they, they liked him. They they like him. They want him. Um, you know, Florida did too. There were there were other programs that really wanted him as well. I think it I think it speaks volumes for where Ole Miss has come because I don't think a year ago Ole Miss could have gotten a Robbie Ashford. The mm-hmm. the NCAA stuff was too fresh. Um, there was too much question about the stability of the program. There was a lot of angst in the in that building. The angst is gone. I mean, there's it's a different feel in there, and and he felt it. I mean, that's that's I don't know how to express that to anybody because you, you have to sort of be around it a lot. This time a year ago, there was a lot of question about man, you know, can these coordinators survive? Should these coordinators have gotten these jobs? Are are they competent? Does Matt? Are these really Matt's people? Why did he keep these guys? There were all those questions, and a year later, those are no longer questions. There's no doubt that Rich Rodriguez is competent, and who Matt Luke wants, and Mike McIntyre is competent, and who Matt Luke wanted. No doubt, that's who Matt Luke wanted, and he's letting those guys have autonomy, and um. There, there aren't a lot of questions around the building about who's in charge and who's running things and who makes decisions, and um, you can just feel it. It's different, you know. Now, does that equate to seven wins in the fall? I don't know. Probably not. Honestly, maybe. Who knows? But there, there's, there's no doubt that the program is, is from a attitudinal standpoint and an atmospheric standpoint, it's in a better place. Yeah, and going back to that coattail thing I mentioned, I mean, coming off the NCAA, you know, a couple of years removed, I mean, that's that's something that's going to help them in recruiting. It's like, hey, you know, they can point to Robbie Ashford. Hey, this guy had offers from Power 5 school after Power 5 school. I mean, somebody like Oregon, Mario Cristobal's got something special brewing out there. I mean, they're recruiting just like gangbusters. Yeah. And picked Ole Miss. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, they can point to. Like, if you don't believe me, we got this guy that's on board. Well, and look, and then that's, look at the very that next. Helps. Look at the very next day. Um, Chris Abrams Drain, a wide receiver from Spanish Fort, who yeah. is very familiar with Ashford. Um, immediately, just and look, he was leaning heavily to Ole Miss. He has a family tie to Ole Miss. He's uh, brothers with Nick Williams, the former Ole Miss uh, basketball player. And Nick was on Kermit's staff as a graduate assistant last year. He just took a job at Northwest Mississippi Community College. So, I mean, there's a lot of ties. And Chris may very well have ended up at Ole Miss anyway. I mean, if hypothetically Robbie Ashford had chosen Florida and Blake Shapin had come to Ole Miss, Chris Abrams Drain very well may have committed to Ole Miss anyway. I don't think it would be done today. Mm-hmm. He pulls the trigger the next day. He's so excited about it that the plan was for him to wait till Monday, July the 1st, and – he basically couldn't wait. I mean, it's really that simple. <laughs> he just didn't want to wait yeah. anymore. Didn't want to wait anymore. Yeah. And, and the beauty of the internet, I mean, they're not teammates. They play in the same state. But, I mean, he knows how good Robbie Ashford is. 
Yeah. I mean, they have the, the luxury of Huddle and YouTube and Twitter, but, I mean, it was, you know, instantaneous. And he had, you know, former LSU commit, pretty good wide receiver school. Um, and then Tennessee was on him. Tennessee recruits extremely well. All jokes aside, they don't win, but they recruit well. And picks Ole Miss. I mean, like you said, the very next day. I mean, I think that this this system, this Shark Tank, whatever you want to call it, I mean, they've they've got a sense of confidence now on the recruiting trail that I think is just really going to continue throughout the next month or so. And, and they're, they're going to be able to, to be pretty picky once they get to December. Oh, they, they really are. I don't even know the number right now. What's it, 20 commitments, 19, 20 commitments? And it's 20. 20, think, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, listen. 20, 21, sorry, 21. Just between us girls, they're 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 getting <laughs> they're getting another one uh, early next week. Um, it. But Neil, are they getting too many too fast? <laughs> no. <laughs> so let's talk about that first of all. I mean, the guy that I that you should be on commitment watch for right now is Diari McDonald, the defensive back from uh, Murfreesboro, who's really good, really versatile. I hate getting into the star thing. I know everybody loves the star thing. I know I work for a, a company that makes a lot of money off the star thing. Um, he's got, I think he's a four star, whatever. Um, he's at the opening. The expectation is he's going to commit at some point in the next, as we tape this on uh, Wednesday night, at some point in the next week. And because uh, I hate doing days because if the day comes and goes, people lose it. Um <laughs> So, in the next yeah. in the next week or so, I, I anticipate that that McDonald is going to commit. Uh, I think that will mark the end of the commitments until the end of July. I think there will be a few more, a couple more at least at the end of July. And so, the answer to that question that will absolutely come up at that point, because people will say, "Well, they can only take twenty five, and they're at twenty four. Are they taking too many too soon?" And the answer is no. It's an emphatic no because not every commitment will stick. Um, someone will change his mind. And the odds are if the recruiting goes as well as Ole Miss thinks it will go and if it goes as well as I'm starting to think it will go, um, Ole Miss will probably sort of you know how you when you dated a girl, I never really had this issue because it wasn't like there were tons of girls who were just dying to date me. But and sometimes a guy didn't want or a girl didn't want to break up with a guy or a guy didn't want to break up with a girl. He d- didn't want to go through the the process of doing that. So instead, they uh, would neglect the relationship to the point that the other party ended it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That could happen. Okay. And there are a couple of candidates that are on that board, and hell no, I wouldn't name them for all the money in the world right now because <laughs> I'd get killed. But there are potentially a couple of those candidates on the board that that the relationship could get neglected to the point that uh, people moved on. There are a lot of big names still left. On uh, I know you're working on – you have a hot board that – is is ready. I'm working on a recruiting piece that I'll probably run some point next week that sort of resets the board. There are a lot of targets up there, and where they've put themselves in a position, Zach, in my opinion, is they have a lot of, of guys that are committed, that are solid, and you have to keep recruiting those guys. I mean, you can't neglect them, obviously, because they'll sure, leave. Sure, sure. But you can really start to focus your efforts on a handful of guys. McKinley Jackson, J.J. Pegues, uh, where are my notes? Let's see. Um, I mean, Reggie Grimes is still out there. Uh, Reggie Grimes. Um, and, I don't, and I don't know if they're going to keep at him. You might know. Um, you know, Keyshawn Lawrence is rooming with Diari McDonald this weekend. He just committed to Tennessee this week. I, I think he's probably going to stick with that, but you, but you never know. you still got to keep recruiting these kids, but you can focus – on somebody like that that is still committed elsewhere because you have the luxury of that now. Yeah, uh, they, they'll they absolutely continue to, to recruit Lawrence. Uh, you know, and here's the thing about recruiting. You don't get everyone you want. <laughs> no, I mean, there, you there, don't. There will be some rejection. There will be some no's. Um, 
you know, because the, 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 the big name kids that everybody talks about, everybody's recruiting them. And these are professional salespeople at, at all of these programs. And the truth is, you know, when a kid takes a visit to Tennessee or, or Florida or Georgia or wherever, those, those visits are typically impressive. Um, you know, those, the, the, kids get, the kids do get confused, and it's not because everyone's doing a bad job recruiting them. It's because everyone's doing a good job recruiting them. But kids hardly have bad visits. Yeah. So I mean, but there are other guys out there. I mean, Isaiah Jacobs, a running uh, Josh Jacobs' brother from Oklahoma. Ole Miss wants him. They're recruiting him. Would they take him if he offered? If he came? If he called and said, "Hey, I want to come," yes, they would take him. Does that mean they bump another running back? Not necessarily. It means they shuffle the board somewhere. Uh, They obviously want JJ Pegues. They they. uh, they want uh, Blaine Toll, even though I don't think that that's very likely. But but, mm. but they like him. They want Josh Downs, who's committed to North Carolina. Um, but they're recruiting him hard. So are a lot of other people. He had a impressive showing in Atlanta at the Five Star Challenge. They, um, I'm kind of going down my list. They want Amari Thomas. They want the Latham kid that's committed to Alabama, the defensive lineman. Um, you know, they, they want Jackson Bratton. Are they going to get him? Probably not. But if he called and said, hey, I want to come, they'd take him. <laughs> yeah. They'd shuffle the board. Um, they want Reggie Grimes. Yeah. Ab- Abonte Williams committed to Oregon from Florida. Now Charles Clark is, is hammering that area uh, big time. So, I mean, they're still going to go after him. Yeah, absolutely. He's another guy that had an impressive showing in Atlanta. They want Jimmy Holiday. They, they would take another quarterback. They, they want Holiday. If he called and said, hey, I've made my decision and I want to come, they, they would take him. They want Emmanuel Forbes. They want Avante Williams. They want Christian Gonzalez. I mean, they're, they're are, they want Sidney Williams. They're, they're kids they want. So are they going to get all of those kids? No. I'll go ahead and break that news. No. Are they going to get some of them? Yes. And so they'll figure it out. That's, and, and I understand, I think I said this last week, I understand, Zach, why fans get frustrated at, uh, the numbers will work out, but the numbers will work out. Yeah. One thing that's that's really jumping out to me with this class that's ranked 11th on Rivals right now, they now have seven 5.73 stars. And I think we went into this last week. A 5.7 is you know right on the cusp of a four. Um, and those are the types of guys that you have to get. You have to get a large number of those in classes because, look, I mean – not everybody can be Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and get, you know, 14 four stars and nine five stars in every class. Those 5.7 guys are the guys who are the the fringe impact dudes that you get on campus. Maybe they become impact guys in year one. If they don't, it's not a big deal. You redshirt them. You get them in the strength and conditioning program, and they're ready to play as a redshirt freshman. I mean, that's that's something that – this plan that, that Tyler Siski and that staff have right now, they're, they're, they're honing in on guys that come to camp, they see them live, they offer them, they commit. But just that 5.7 number, I mean, that's one thing that when you look in that rating column on rivals, that's one thing that's, that's very, very important in terms of building depth and, and building impact, or I should say impact depth, because I think those are the guys that, you know, they might not be the flashy four-star, but they are right there. You know what they are? They're foundational guys. And, yeah. And I still think, and I understand why this uh, sentence doesn't make people happy. I get it. I still think this is a foundational class. If this plan's going to work, if this regime's going to last, this is, when they look back, they'll say that last year's class and this year's class were the foundation. Not necessarily the sexy part of the house, you know, not the part that that people walk in and go, oh, God, look at your high ceilings and look at the look at the the crown molding and and look at the windows. And oh, my gosh, look at the the you know what I mean? I mean, all the stuff. Yeah. No one, real hardwood. Yeah. No one ever walks into a home and goes, man, this foundation is nice. <laughs> I mean, you don't. But if you don't have it, it's not good. I mean. You know, I mean, if, if your foundation's not laid properly and it cracks or whatever, the house is no good. 
you can't resell the house because there's this crack in the foundation. And I, I mean, I, I'm, it's a stupid parable, and I know it is when I'm an analogy when I'm making it. But I really believe that's what these two classes are if it's going to work. These are, no, don't get me wrong, there, there, there's some crown molding in this class. There are some fancy windows in this class. McKinley Jackson is not foundation. McKinley Jackson is, um, he's, he's, he's a, a really cool doorway. I mean, he's, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. But you, he's a nice wine fridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you, but you gotta lay, you gotta lay your foundation. And that's what those 5.7 three-star guys who have multiple offers, who could go to a lot of places, who sort of put their faith in you. And, um, those, you can build your program around those guys. And people talk about, well, this is not a championship class. It's the other one I've heard. Well, of course not. Yeah, well, they're not. Listen, it's reality. They're not at that place in their program. They're not. Ole Miss isn't playing for championships just yet. They're not. I mean, they're not. So why is that? the that That's not what it's about right now. Now, in, in a couple of years, if everything's going according to plan, that might be a more valid argument. But I think you build around the, you know, the kind of classes that they're, that they're starting to put together. And if you go back, and I said this the other day on the Oxford Exxon podcast, since that day in December when, when Ole Miss did not get N'Kobe Dean and, and Ray Darius Jones and all of those guys, it's a program that has very quickly over the subsequent I guess seven months or so, really gained a lot of momentum. A lot of things have gone well. I think they positioned themselves to, uh, you know, do some good things. And this recruiting class gets interesting. If you get McDonald, all of a sudden you're knocking on the top ten. And then, you know, th there are there are some names out there that could pop in July. Jabari Small, Reggie Grimes. You start getting some guys like that, I, I think it turns heads. And all of that happens, you know, before the season begins. And I know people say, well, they got to win X games or whatever. I don't know that that's exactly true. And I want to get your thoughts on this because there's going to be a lot of that talk, and you and I will have this conversation a bunch. People say, well, they have to win this game. They have to win this game. I just don't know that that's how kids think. I don't, I don't know that that's – that's what kids look at. I think the, the message that you're able to tell kids who are committed, who start coming to your games routinely, even if you lose those games, I think you can tell kids, um, hey, if you were here, this worked. I'll give you an example. 2012, that season, when Ole Miss went 6-6 six and six with Hugh Freeze in that first year, they got, mm -hmm. popped. they got popped a few times. They lost some painful games in Oxford. And one of the sales pitches that really worked with some of those kids were, if you were on this team, that would have been the difference. We would have won this game instead of losing this game. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think that that's – sure, kids want to win games. They like going to a program that's going to win. I mean, that's something that, you know, shocking. They're, they're high school athletes. They're soon-to-be college athletes. They like to compete. Um, but to me, I mean, that's, it's not, like you said, that's not as much of a thing as it used to be. I mean, I think the, the, the people who make the comparison of, you know, well, why do you think kids go to Alabama? Well, because they win titles and, and blah, blah, blah. No, they don't, they don't go there because they get rings. I mean, rings are nice, but they go there because Alabama had 10 NFL draft picks last year. Kids go to Georgia because they had seven last year. They go to Auburn because they had six. Ole Miss had six last year. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. I mean, there, there are some exceptions. There are some recruits who pick a certain school because they might want to major in engineering or, you know, molecular biology or something like that. I mean, maybe there's, there's some that are like that. But, I mean, the ultimate goal is to play in the NFL. And, you know, Ole Miss has a track record of that. But, I mean, no, I don't think – there's not you shouldn't put too much emphasis on that. I mean, sure, if Ole Miss goes two and ten, some recruits might be like, Well, I don't know if they're there yet. But yeah. I mean, five and seven, six and six, there's not much difference there. You're not gonna lose a McKinley Jackson or um, a Jabari Small or a Reggie Grimes because you lose, you know, one game in the fourth quarter. 
I, I agree completely. By the way, you you were mentioning some. I don't know what I don't know what word association in my brain. You, I don't know what made me think of this, but have you ever driven a Dodge Charger? I have. Okay, yeah. I just I don't know what you you said something a minute ago that made me think about Dodge Chargers, <laughs> and I don't know what that was. Um, yeah, if you're ever you know getting close to missing your flight in Kansas City, they can get you from Overland Park to the airport rather quickly. I I've had someone tell me that. <laughs> Is that right? Um, let's see, before we start to kind of wind down, um, there, there is, I saw where Chad Simmons, who covers the Southeast for Rivals.com, I would not make as big of a deal out of this except for the fact that Chad talked to McKinley Jackson in person, I think, at some degree of depth in Atlanta at the, uh, over the weekend, he put in, I guess, his uh, future cast for Ole Miss from McKinley Jackson. I did. Sa- I had said recently that I think Ole Miss leads and leads maybe handsomely for uh, McKinley Jackson. McKinley Jackson, J.J. Pegues, those kind of guys, Mississippi kids, how big of a deal would that be for, for Matt Luke at this point in his tenure? Well, the the first thing that that jumps out to me, um, and and I have a after I give my response here, I do have a question I want to throw back at you. But a guy like McKinley Jackson, defensive tackle, um, you know, can play the three technique, but probably a true nose guard in the three four defense. I mean, he's just a humongous dude. Carries. I've seen tons of people that go to camps and see him in person, and they all say the same thing. They all say he carries his weight well. I mean, he's not just a, you know, big, you know, ball of baby fat. I mean, he is built well, low to the ground. I mean, just a would be a impact dude. He would if he signs with Ole Miss, he will play in 2020. He's that good. I mean, they're going to be some some hurdles. They're going to be some some freshman mistakes. But I mean, he is talented enough to play in 2020. That's the kind of guy that you have to get. And that right there, that's the dude that, you know, five, six months ago, Oh, you know, well, at one point he was committed to LSU, decommitted. But it was always, you know, probably talked about it on the board a lot with all the, you know, the the community over there. It was, you know, oh, this is a Bama. This is a Bama-LSU battle. There's no way Ole Miss can get their foot in the door there. But, I mean, this, not only an impact to this class, but just to continue to build the rapport on the recruiting trail with, with guys like Jacob Peeler, Freddie Roach, and then Matt Luke as well, when he, you know, will inevitably come in to try to close the deal. Um because that's what head coaches do. But, yeah, I mean, it's just something that those those two guys that you named are in-state guys, and I think if you really want to build that reputation back up to where you're recruiting at a high level like, like 2013, 2016, you've got to be able to keep those impact dudes in-state. And that's what really hurt the most last year with a, with N'Kobe Dean, Ray Darius Jones. They were impact guys. They were in the state. And – it's been no secret that the defense is is rebuilding, and these are impact guys that are defensive type players. So, same with Pegues. He's from Oxford. I mean, went through that last year with with Brandon Turnage from Oxford, chooses Alabama. At some point, you you can't really fault somebody if they pick Alabama because their their track record of getting kids into the NFL is 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 rather good. You could say that they get them there at a at a nice zero to sixty. Dodge Charger pace, um, but the impact of that would just be huge because they're both in state, and I think that you know, quote unquote, and I'm going to use a an Ed Orgeronism here, but you know, building a fence around a place. And I know you you've you've missed hearing that phrase, but um, other schools are going to come into Mississippi. They're going to get some guys. You can't get everybody, but those two guys are are, are not only big just to continue to. Keep talent in state, but they're impact guys that will make an impact at the next level. So, my my throwback question to you: talking about JJ Pegues, plays pretty much everything at Oxford. Um, I, I think people like him as a tight end. He's super athletic. He he's got some bounce. I mean, he he can get up high point the, the football. But guys like him, uh, you you know, somebody like Jabari Small, who's kind of a you know Swiss Army knife type dude. I, I'm of the thought that those are the type of guys that you've seen them you like them enough obviously you've offered them I don't get too tied into the what position are they going to play and I'm more of the you sign them and you get them on campus and you figure it out then 
Yeah. Because oh, I agree completely. I think with Okay. I think with Pegues, he wants to play offense and so you start him out on offense. And one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to excel on offense or he'll reach the conclusion himself that you know what, my future is at defensive end. Yeah. And then you figure it out. Yeah, because then, oh, crap, like we have a 6'3", 260-pound athlete that we can put on defense. Dang it. Like, you can't play tight end. Yeah, you just figure it out. That's that's what I've always told people when I have friends that will ask me, you know, what position is he going to play? Like, well, we already have this guy at that position. But no, like, just, just get him there and figure it out. No, it's like when you have the first pick in the draft, whether or any sport. You, you, best player available. You take the best player, and then you figure it out. And, and and that's with a guy like Pegues, it's that's that's simple. It, yeah, it, it's why you know if uh, uh, Jacob's brother, uh, the the kid I mentioned a minute ago, the the running back, if if he wants to come and you can get him, you take him. You <laughs> yeah, don't, you don't do that Absolutely. deal where you're like, well, we said we only take two running backs, and now we're taking four. Okay, are they all going to work out? No, <laughs> but are, are, are they yeah. are they versatile? Can can different people play different things? Does it mean that the best one's going to play? Um, yeah. That's, I mean, you got another guy like Reggie Grimes, you know, play some running back in high school. You know, hey, Coach Luke, I, I, I want to try to play a little running back while I'm at Ole Miss. Well, Reggie, that's fine. We'll figure it out when you, when you get here, bud. Oh, it's, it's Jimmy Holiday, right? Yeah, people same talk, thing. People will say, well, he's, he's not a quarterback. Okay, well, let him figure that out. And if worst case, that means, especially with the new redshirt rule, which is actually one of the few things the NCAA has ever done well. Um, yeah. Especially with that new rule, let him figure it out. Yeah. What's the, the guy what? runs a four three nine. Let him get on campus. Just. One of two things is going to happen. He, he's going to come to camp. He's going to start out at quarterback. He's going to be in the quarterback room. He's going to play quarterback in, in August in camp. One of, one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to play really, really well where you – walk into the room as the coaching staff and say, some bitch, that kid can play. We, uh, man, glad we took him. Or he's going to realize, you know what, I was a really good high school quarterback. I am not going to be able to beat out this guy and this guy anytime soon. I want to play. I'm going to go tell them that I'm open to playing safety or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, there, there have been guys like that throughout the years with Ole Miss. I mean, I'm I'm fairly certain Miko McSwain played quarterback in high school. Came to Ole Miss, played defense. I mean, guys like uh, I'll give you Chief an, Brown I'll give was you, the same thing. I'll give you a great example. Um, back when I was working at the Oxford Eagles, starting my career, um, Ole Miss signed a running back from Morton, Mississippi, named uh, Dewimus McAllister. And the coaching staff at the time, all of them, Tommy Tuberville, all those guys, believed that he was a linebacker. But he wanted to play running back. And so they told him, all right, well, let's just start at running back. They already had a running back on campus named John Avery. and uh, He was pretty good. He was pretty good. And rather than being stubborn and losing uh, McAllister to Mississippi State, they signed him as a running back. And they figured, yeah, it'll work itself out. And it did. It did. You take yeah. the, you take good players, and it's the same thing about well, how do numbers work out? Because numbers work out. If the player's <laughs> good enough to be in your class, you take him, and then you figure it out. And um, it's why I never fault kids. I, I know that it frustrates fans when a kid says, "I'm committed, but I'm still going to be a little open." That's smart. Yep. I yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't blame you. I mean, you know you. In an ideal world, it, nothing ever happens. But yeah, it's okay to it's okay to say, "Hey, I'm I'm committed to uh, Arkansas." But when Texas calls and says, "Will you come take an unofficial visit?" You go, "Hey, why not?" You know, just keep your options open. And you know, you know, until you sign the paper, you you have options. It's okay because stuff's going to happen. But it, you know, kind of winding things up. It's that deal where. They're putting when you put together a good class. Um, when you start building a really good class, especially this early in the process, the odds are overwhelming that you're going to end up with a really good class. Bad classes happen when 
you can't get any recruiting momentum, and at the end you're having to sort of dip into plan B and plan C, and you're having to extend late offers to kids that you haven't fully, you know, evaluated. Just it's gone poorly, and and you see that that happens. Um, it happens with staffs that are embattled. It happens with staffs that are that are trying to recruit against NCAA stuff. And frankly, it happened with Ole Miss a little bit the last two or three years. I don't think there. I don't think it happened last year that much, and it's certainly not happening now. Yeah, I mean, you've you've said it plenty of times on on the Oxford Exxon podcast. But I mean, these these types of players that they're getting in 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 May and in, in June, it, they're getting them now. That's that's fine. Don't worry, because that means the coaching staff likes who who they got. If it's December, and you're taking some of these commitments, then that's when you worry a little bit. But yeah, obviously not the case. When the new name pops up on February the first, there's a decent chance that it's a reach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when they're taking yeah. kids in June that just went to camp, and in many cases went to camp twice. These are evaluation offers, so it means one of two mm-hmm. things: they're either getting really good players. Or they're crappy evaluators, and, and in the <laughs> well, and they're in the scoreboard business. So that's the great thing about sports is that we'll find out. Yeah, but these are not. That's that's the, the one thing I've I've pushed back against to the point that some people are like, hey, what's your deal? It's these are not desperation offers because it's June. Yeah, there's there's plenty of time. To put together a, a hot board for desperation players, we you can do that later on in the cycle. But right now, I mean, they they like what they got. I mean, there's nothing really else you can say. Yeah, I mean, they're seeing them in person and they like them. So, so the um, the dead period dead period is kicked in. Uh, we will we'll come back. We'll do a podcast uh, next Thursday's the fourth. So we'll do it earlier than that. It'll probably be a short kind of a quicker podcast. Uh, maybe we will talk a whole lot about a certain defensive back from. Uh, Middle Tennessee, and um, and then we'll we'll hit the reset button a little bit, and we'll start getting you ready for uh, late July. And the, but the dead period started on the twenty fourth. It goes, I think, through the twenty fourth of July. So it's that's a, correct. It's an opportunity for coaches to take vacations and spend time with their families and recharge for the uh, for the coming season. Someone asked me how how much conversation still happens. A good bit, but none of it happens in person. So uh, recruiting will slow down, and recruiting information will slow down a little bit, and then it'll, it'll pick back up at the uh, at the end of July. But unless you have anything else, Zach, we'll uh, we'll let that we'll let that be uh, it for tonight. As I always say, Neil, recruiting never stops. It never stops. That is true. <laughs> that is that's absolutely true. It's uh that's been at at, at times almost painfully apparent. For, yeah, for, that's for, true for me over the last few weeks but uh it's been fun and i uh, appreciate you taking some time and we'll uh we'll touch base again next week for another edition of the soft verbal podcast presented by our friends at dead Soxie. don't forget enter promo code rebel grove at checkout you get 30 percent off all orders including the no-shows including sale items including the uh, collegiate line so check that out at deadsoxy.com that dot com promo code rebel grove for zach barry i'm neil mccready until next week take care